Welcome to the In the Bag Podcast. I'm your host from a eh, somewhat dreary uh, spring day in Houston, Texas, Jonathan Slaughter, and with me as always is Jazzy, James Haldeman. How you doing, buddy? I'm joyous. Uh, you got you all can't see this at home, obviously, because this is a an audio form of entertainment, but I just released balloons behind me uh, for the return <laughs> of Slaughter. It is a, a joyous occasion here uh, to, to have you back, buddy. Thanks. It was, it's uh, it's been a ride, I tell you, but uh, I'm glad to be back. Um, you know, everything went well. The kiddo's good. Uh, he won't go to sleep right now, but um, we'll make it work. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to report except for the Maryland women won earlier today. Uh, and then I hope that the uh, the men can take down Alabama. Weird note that if uh, or that the Maryland women and the Maryland men are playing Alabama in the second round of the tournament. Oh, that is strange. Yeah, that's super interesting. That's pretty cool, though. Um, so, but uh, so last weekend, uh, I, I didn't see a ton of the tournament, uh, but the Honda Classic, uh, I know James talked about it a little bit last week, uh, you know, it was a weaker field. Uh, but nonetheless, it was still a pretty interesting winner. I didn't expect anyone to kind of run away with it the way that Matt Jones did, um, but uh, I mean he played a he played a hell of a tournament. Uh, anything uh, do you think that we can take forward from that for our club up or club down section coming into the WGC? Or you can say, I don't know how much you watched of it, uh, you know, of the tournament and what you uh, thought of it all. I watched a non-zero amount of the tournament. I mean, Matt Jones played really, really good golf. Matt Jones was, after two rounds, at a score that would have won or forced a playoff in like five out of the last six years. And so I, I texted you. I was like, I wonder if they made the course a little like easier to give people a chance to watch. I mean, obviously, it toughened up on the weekend. Um, yeah, Saturday Matt, was crazy. <laughs> yeah, Saturday, Saturday was super crazy. I mean, yeah, congratulations to Matt Jones. Uh, watching, I mean, he's one of the faster players on tour, so him having to play with J.B. Holmes for an entire <laughs> day, I felt really sorry for him. You know, we got some crazy stuff. We got, like, Wesley Bryan, or was it, yeah, it was Wesley Bryan all the way down in his, like, boxer briefs with, like, the, yeah. the crop top. Uh, Adam Scott made a pretty cool par from the, Adam Scott played, yeah, Adam Scott made a pretty cool par from the water, and I think that's who it was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the big takeaway from last week is more that just, um, you know, the, unfortunately for the Honda Classic and, and PGA National, because it's such an awesome golf course that it, its place on the schedule, I mean, it's just not going to see that many big names anymore, right? You know, you're you're coming right after the players a couple weeks before the Masters, guy, and you have the WGC, you have Arnold Palmer, Genesis. It's just in, in the middle of like maybe the best, most competitive stretch of golf during the season and and unless something's done with the schedule that I, I think that field's only going to continue to get weaker uh, but you know you get to this point in the season it's nice to to have a one of these situations where uh you know somebody that might not be quite as big of a name comes out and wins the tournament and and you know matt jones obviously hasn't won in like five 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 years or seven years not sure he hasn't won since his, his houston Open victory a while uh, so good, good to see him win. Uh, I, I do enjoy that golf course. I like watching players play there. So I, I watched a little bit of it. Not a not an absolute ton, but he, he I mean, he, credit to him, he, he blitzed the field. Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, I mean, the couple guys that I was kind of keeping up with, you know, I, I did like a single entry or whatever, just a dabble, and then I think I did like a, one of the weekend entries as well. But um, but Brennan still, you know, continues to play pretty well. Uh, 
he was kind of up and down, but had a really good uh, Sunday to get him into the contention. You know, it was on Saturday. I was like, oh, like this is actually going to get pretty interesting because no one shot well. Like I think like CT Pan had like what he shot like he was five hundred. Yeah. That was like like the round of the day, and I was like, and he was like, Matt Jones, I think was down to nine under at, at one point and i was like oh okay so this is this is actually going to be pretty interesting but um but sunday the scores were pretty decent better than i expected them to be and uh you know he just pulled away denny mccarthy continues to kind of uh sir dennis uh make his way back into form so this is a couple of good tournaments in a row for him uh he's been pretty streaky so we'll see if it it maintains you know through the off week or is there is there an alternate field event this week or there is yeah there's yeah there's an alternate field event this week i don't know if he's gonna play or not but there's one so yeah so i'll keep up with him there if he is because it's someone that's kind of interesting me lately um and the nuggets i guess for this weekend i you know i i wasn't really impressed with too many people that were here um you know adam scott had played okay uh at least he didn't implode. I mean, it's definitely a course where you can have a very high number, and and he didn't do that, so that's good. Um, Joaquin Neiman, he's been pretty steady, I would say, since his runner-up uh, to Harris English, um, but he he didn't you know do anything crazy uh, or you know, to give me like a lot of confidence to where I think he's gonna like blow the doors off this upcoming weekend. Um, everyone's been pretty high on Taylor Gooch, who's kind of just been steady as well not not doing anything really wild so well he finished fifth um, at the players that's i mean he's been playing well for yeah. a while but his his fifth at the players and having the yeah, lead in the clubhouse when he finished is kind of why people are talking about him a little more right now yeah i feel like they came out of nowhere like that was like the it only did, time yeah, he, for sure. he's played for sure um it wasn't like he's had this consistent form that was you know whatever right um and then uh you know, EVR, I know he he was, like, all over the place where he was, like, super streaky with birdies and obviously had a lot of bogeys, too. So um, that's just kind of, like, what you're going to get from him. Uh, I, I don't know. And Sanjay played okay. Sanjay, yeah, Sanjay was if, solid. If, 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 you're, if you're back in Sanjay this weekend, I don't, you know, that's, that's – he's in a – we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about the format and all that kind of stuff. But I think he's in a pretty favorable pod, as I'll call him. And uh, – and there's no there's no reason that anything that he did this weekend made me feel worse about uh, about him moving forward. So, all right. So, but anyway, so this uh, not a ton of not a ton to take from this weekend moving forward. Um, what kind of? Uh, I, I was just saying that? the format's so different that you know mm. we're 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 looking. F- I mean, the best players are still the best players in the world, but you're also kind of looking just for a different style of golfer in general, right? Um, I mean, to your point about EVR, the fact that he's super streaky with birdies and makes mistakes just isn't that big of a deal this week compared to you know past weeks. You either win or lose a hole. It doesn't matter if you single, single it, triple it, whatever. And it doesn't matter necessarily even this week if you make eagles uh, very often. It just matters how often you can basically go out and score below par. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the EVR thing is well noted, and what makes him kind of interesting in this format is that if if let's say he gets hot for six holes, right, and it just happens to be like in let's say like starting at hole seven, um, you know, he could like conceivably win a round by hole thirteen if he just happens to get hot at the right time. 
Um, so, you know, that's something to keep track of because, you know, maybe he would have only won by one if they would have played all of the rest of them because he would have imploded, but that doesn't matter here. Right, right. Yeah, so, so uh, go ahead. I, I was just going to no. say we're, we can get into the course and kind of the format yeah. and style here. Uh, so we're play, playing Austin Country Club, par 71, just plays a little over 7,000 yards. Uh, been playing here since 2016, I believe. Yeah, because Rory's one was in 2015, and that came uh, came at TPC Harding. That was the last big event they had played there um, prior to the PGA Championship last season. Uh, it, I, I will say that um, I took down Slaughter again in the, in the bag preview round uh, match play. Finished what well, we finished like two and one or something like that after hole 16. Um, Yep. It is it it does not it seems like a demanding driving course. Um just lots of weird angles. Um a lot of a lot of undulating putts. You're going to have to leave yourself in good positions on the greens and you can use those greens to get creative with your approach shots if you do miss fairways. But it feels like a demanding driving golf course, but not a place where, you know, normally we talk about huge numbers that are out there. Uh, but this week, it, I, I really don't feel like there are, not that it really matters anyways, but I feel like there might be a, a, a decent amount of scrambling and, and really competitive holes. Uh, I don't know if you got the same sense playing that as, as I did. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what I took away from it is that if you're a very creative type of golfer, that you could definitely have an advantage on the field, um, just in terms of, like you were talking about the approaches, but even like shots around the green, you're gonna like because of how of how the greens are, uh, you can play it a number of different ways and, um, it ju- you just may have an advantage on the field. Um, it was definitely a demanding driving course. I mean, how many times did you hit the fairway and you were like still behind a tree because you just didn't take the right angle off the tee twice. Yeah. Yeah. It and hurt. That, <laughs> but that's a lot. So, um, you know, I think, uh, but I think you're going to have the ability to get aggressive here. So, you know, with the way that the fairways were constructed, I think it'll be interesting to see how like the approach that Bryson takes on it, uh, because you know he he may truly have an advantage at this course because of the types of angles that he can actually take into the green on some of these holes because the dog legs are just so severe. Right. Um, but I did th- I did feel like that the dog legs were like you had to you you still had to hit it like two ninety just to get it out. Yeah, it was still some. a long carry. Yeah, so I mean, to your point, like I, I don't think there is one type of golfer built to to win here. Obviously, you know, Jason Day won here uh, 2016, and then DJ won at 2017, and Bubba won it in 2018. Well, you might say, "Well, hold up, those guys were all long when they won it." But then Kevin Kisner won it, and he's our defending champion champion currently, which tells me you know a lot of different skill sets can come out and win this. The other thing that kind of tells you that is that the the better players tend to be longer players. Uh, and only five out of the top 16 seeds advanced to the knockout rounds uh, in 2019. So, you, And that's pretty typical for this event. So it should be interesting to see, um, you know, just, just I guess, how the course is going to play. And, and it's really up to who brings their A game and who can come out here and, and make a bunch of birdies. Um, for the format, the, the DraftKings scoring, you know, typically we, we score on Eagles, birdies, you know, pars and the negative points for, you know, bogeys, double bogeys, birdie streaks, giving you points. And then your finishing position uh, this week is a little different. It's only on holes won, holes halved, holes lost, 
birdie sh- or winning hole streaks and then match wins and losses basically. Uh, so it'll be a probably it'll be a, it will be much lower scoring than I think you're kind of used to seeing this week. Um, because you know normally guys make birdies and and they could you know they'd score three points or whatever, but now you might just half the hole and only get point seven five. So I'd expect lower scoring this week, um, and I, I think that that we're looking for golfers that drive the golf ball well and and make birdies. That's that's kind of my that's kind of my uh, analysis this week. And I think we have pretty extensive match play records, you know, after five years on some of these guys, so we know where we should and shouldn't be looking. Yeah. Um, I'm, 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 I think that's definitely true. I'm, I'm looking for guys who are very good off the tee and, uh, honestly, I'm kind of thinking guys that are, that are, are pretty good around the green because I think, um, you know, I, there's going to be a handful of, uh, opportunity or I think, you know, a handful of holes one off of chip ins and, and stuff like that where, uh, or, or there's going to be a handful of holes lost. I mean, I hit two or three shots either out of the bunker or fairly, you know, what I thought were fairly good approach shots and ended up off the green or, you know, 50 feet away because of how the undulations of the green are. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. someone, you know, I think that it's important to uh, be able to hit your spots or hit or to be able to understand where, where you need to, where you need to hit it. I think maybe more than even um, like having pinpoint accuracy, but just generally have you know missing on the correct sides and stuff like that. Do you? Um, I, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Uh, do you think that experience in match play events will lend itself more uh, to to a to an advantage this week than I, I think we see? I mean, everybody plays stroke play every single week, but not everybody plays in these WGC events every single year. Like, you know, Taylor Gooch is playing in his first WGC match play where Roy's played for the last five years or whatever. Do you think that lends itself to an advantage, just kind of having that mindset um, going into it already, having experienced it? I do think there's stuff that they learned, but I also, um, and I could be wrong here, but I think that the people who played in college may have uh, some, uh, like, the style of play, I think, mm-hmm. is, is okay, okay. A, a little different. I mean, I, I, I don't think there are... It's not exactly match play in college, but because of like how you're playing with your with your team format, it may it may uh, you know allow. It's not, I think it's it's less about um, having that this style of, this style of play or, or um, having experience with this particular match play sort of thing. But I think it's about opening your mind to different types of strategies that you need to take whenever something is going your way or not going your way. Um, because it's not like, um, I mean, yeah, like let's say for instance, right? You're up three with like seven left. You don't need to just like nurse it out, right? Like you can go for the kill and end it early uh-huh. um, or, or something, you know, or something like that. And you may need to do that depending on if you're the underdog or if you're the favorite or if this is the type of hole you feel comfortable with. You know, because some people just hit, you know, irons off the tee just to play it super safe, just just to do it. I feel like in some, you know, if they're in a situation like that, whereas in match play, there's less of incentive to like do something like that. So, um, you know, because the other guy can still pick up, you know, pick up a hole or pick up whatever. So it, it's it's just it's 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 different, and I think you just need to be open to doing different things. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think it, I think there's a, a mind, mindset shift where, you know, like you have to realize when you need to be aggressive and where you can wrap up a tournament with a par or, hey, you know, they hit a subpar tee shot here. If I stick this approach, you know, I win the hole and win the tournament. I, I think it playing in that 1v1 format lends itself a little more to that. Um, and and I, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch this tournament. I've never really paid a, a ton of attention to uh, to a match play uh, event, but I will definitely be tuned in for all four days to, to try and figure this out. Yeah, and I think it would be interesting too, like sort of off topic, but like whenever Zurich comes around, because it's another tournament I, I, know, like I almost never pay attention to. So, and, you know, learning about it and, and, you know, it's a team game in that one. So that'll be, um, you know, it's new, new for us too. Um, but what we'll do here is we'll just go down the groupings and we'll go down the groupings as if they were to face each other in the bracket. So it's similar to March Madness. So we have, um, the first group, uh, that will end up being the one seed, uh, which will be DJ Kevin Na, Robert Robert McIntyre, and Adam Long, um, and I think DJ is going to be pretty pretty popular here this week um, because in Group 16 you have Sung Jae, Victor Perez, Mark Leishan, and Russell Henley, um, and, and and as far as like like a a group of eight here, a pod if you will. Um, that's that's not uh, that's not a strong pod. I, I don't think. I, I think in terms of uh, in terms of if you're going to pay up for somebody that um, th- I mean DJ's one seed really you know rings through in terms of strength of schedule, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I don't know if he has the best strength of schedule of the of the two. You know, we'll call it, what are you calling it, pods? I think that's the Rory and Rom section of the. I mean, I know they have yeah. to deal with each other, and, yeah. and DJ wait, doesn't wait, have wait. to deal with the caliber of player that that they will have to deal with. But DJ also just hasn't been playing that well recently. He limped to an eighth place finish at WGC, had one, or not WGC, at Riviera, had one good round at the players. But outside of that, he's played really uninspired golf. I, and because of that, like, if, if I'm going to play anybody from his group, I, I don't think I'm playing DJ. I'd play Kevin Nall or avoid that group entirely and focus on the other three groups that are in that, we'll call it a region for the for the four group areas. Uh, and, and I, I, yeah, I'm just not that high on DJ. Sungjae is interesting because his price is so low. He's played solid the last couple weeks. Um, but I also kind of like Mark Leishman. I, 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 he has a decent record. I think he's like 8-6-2 or 6-6-2 six, six in, in match play events. Um, and I, he's, he's a guy that when he gets hot, he gets really hot. And I could see him making birdies kind of all weekend long. Um, and Russell Henley. Yes. So, so I think I think, think Sungjae is an interesting choice for sure. If you're like wanting someone to take take down, like I know that you mentioned like prior to the pod that like if you're wanting like a cheap option from this group, like you like the Leishman a little bit. But I, I mean, I don't mind kind of taking a taking a shot here. Like you know, at the same time as we think that this pod's strength of schedule isn't that strong, and but also for that same reason, right? That makes it more likely that perhaps someone super cheap gets through to the sweet 16 or further because uh you know because the only person they would have to take down would be dj or sung yeah i i I definitely i definitely think this is a a pivot play uh pod 
if you will. I, th- I think my, my three favorite play or my two favorite plays are Kevin Na and Mark Leishman. Like, I think I'd, I'd just prefer to go cheap in this pod. Because uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if this format fits Sung Jae. We've never seen him play it. We don't have any results for him. So I don't know how match play is, how he's going to fare in match play. I just don't like DJ's form right now enough to, uh, you know, put it together for, for seven rounds, basically, or even three rounds in a row, right? Like, DJ has the propensity to, to put up insane rounds that just kind of demoralize the competition and he wins a tournament in that round and and he kind of did that early at the masters but he also could just come out and shoot 80 and get boat raced by robert mcintyre on day two right like that could just happen to dj and i think he's probably the he and jt are probably the two highest price guys that i find that most likely to happen to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um that's certainly possible um you know, I was, I've been thinking about this, and even just, I think like perhaps even a golfer's mentality might have some some of it to do with it, because we're talking about we'll go to the to the mirror uh, quartet, the mirror pod for this quartet, which is group nine and group eight. Uh, they would they would meet in the uh, elite eight here, but like you're talking about like Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson's like not good at, at these types of things. And now, whenever you pick a golfer, I think you should visualize, visualize them. Like, what would Webb Simpson be like if he was just, like, golfing with, like, maybe, like, friends that were, like, pretty good at golf? Or, like, like let's say, like, they're almost as good as Webb. Like, do you think, like, Webb would be, like, super competitive in, like, a, like, match play? Or, like, in these, like, random golf rounds that he does with his friends? Like, I just don't feel like he would. Like, I feel like he would just be, like, there having fun or whatever. But I feel like some of these guys... Like they were just like they just like want to win, and it's like that may help them. I don't know. I don't know. We we might uh, we might be leaning a little it's, too far into Webb Simpson's nice guy thing. You know these guys are out taking money off everybody every time they go play at a golf course. You know Webb Simpson's <laughs> giving his buddies twelve strokes on the on the course and then just whooping them by sixteen and taking their money. There's no doubt about it. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, I, All right, I well, how about, I think how about, but maybe, maybe, but maybe this is why, maybe this is why, and, and, and this is just complete speculation. Maybe the guys who are more reliant on their caddies are worse at this because Webb just does like what his caddy tells him to do, but the caddy isn't like used to doing calculations for like risk reward scenarios based on match play. Yeah, they just be, are doing, they're just like that. taking that whole, like, you know, as it is. I definitely could be something to that. Uh, yeah, again, I I'm I'm learning match play. I know what what the numbers say, uh, and I know the numbers say that Webb Simpson is not a great guy in match play. Um, and it, it might just be having an adaptable game. I don't feel like Webb Simpson can all of a sudden just decide to turn it on, right? Like, I think we've talked about this before. That is like raw talent wise, out of the top 10, 15 players in the world, like Webb Simpson probably has the least. He has to work the hardest to get what he has, and so he doesn't have like this switch he can flip right you know like when the when the when the warriors were at their peak a few years ago they could just decide in the second half that they were going to beat a team when they didn't play no, right web, web, steps, web's right? like the, web's like the the you know they like the bucks or the heat or something like they just play hard all the time and so like there there's no difference between how they play in the regular season and the right playoffs. and so and so i think having a, a switch to flip uh is 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 a bonus which is exactly why i actually love paul casey in this group Okay, so we have so we have Webb. So 
Webb for 91, Paul Casey 89, Mackenzie Hughes 61, which I think is either the cheapest or I think he's the cheapest. I think he's in, the in cheapest. All of the yeah. And Taylor Gooch at 66 in Group Nine. Group Eight features Terrell Hatton at 86, Lee Westwood at 77, Sergio at 83, Matt Wallace at 7,000. Um, so in, in this whole quartet, groups one, sixteen, nine, and eight, I feel like this is the most likely that someone weird is like going to come from this because, or like the the least likely that one of like the single seed candidates, DJ one, Web nine, Terrell Hatton eight, is going to make it on to like the elite eight. Do you agree? Yeah, with that? no, I, yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. I also think Web Simpson got screwed. Being being having Paul Casey in his uh, quartet because not only is Paul Casey you know essentially the 17th ranked golfer in the official world golf rankings he just missed out on being like a a top seed that didn't get picked out of a hat he also has a phenomenal record in match plays like 11 and six and three or something like that like he's a very good match play golfer um, so I, I I think Webb Simpson got an unlucky draw and I don't think there's any chance that he advances out of his group. Given that I also like Taylor Gooch, but there's yeah, he's definitely not getting to the Elite Eight. And I, I think you're right. I think of, of the like quartet of top ranked guys, this is the the least chance they have to advance all the way to the you know final four, basically. And and then group eight to me is one of the more balanced groups mm-hmm. um, on there. Uh, I, I'm I've kind of come around to your Sergio idea, although it's just there's something about like Sergio needing to make a putt and this type of thing and because it's like one-on-one I feel like the putting is like even more like mental and that just bothers the crap out of me with him um but that's just that's just me um I I, I don't mind it it's just I, I'm just not ready to fully commit there but Taylor Gooch is certainly pretty interesting I think he will be one of the more most popular guys because of his price um, yeah. and because I I think Paul Casey might go under owned a bit, perhaps. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if what what. I don't know what kind of information people have. And right. So that's that's different too, right? Like, are do people have all this information that we have, or do they not? I, I'm not sure. I like Paul Casey quite a bit. Um, he may be someone. Uh, he may be the guy that I'm picking from this quartet. This this quadrant. That's uh, the quadrant. That's 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 the big group. That's like right, the, right. the the four groups put together. We'll call that a quadrant. I like. I think I like Paul Casey to come from this quadrant the most, for, given his price. Um, but the one thing that that is a, a little worrisome to me is that, in theory, right, you're just assuming Webb Simpson's a bad player in this in this format, and then Hughes and Gooch, you know, aren't that great. So Paul Casey should have an edge. Whereas, I personally think. Sungjae's is the easiest group, for especially given his seed. Yeah, for sure. And pro and price, but you just think he has to beat DJ. But he's a little cheap. I mean, he's a hundred dollars cheaper than than Paul Casey. But I think I think Sungjae may be pretty popular because he's obviously the biggest name in his group. And the other guys, Perez, Leishman, Henley, not that great. Um, whereas Casey at least has Webb Simpson to take away some of it. But Webb Casey has the the best odds to win, which is kind of interesting too. And they're almost as good as some days, so that should be telling you something. I just, I just want you to know, it makes my heart happy to hear you come around for at least one week on one of my favorite golfers in the world, Paul Casey. I'm, I'm very happy. He's also, I don't think Paul Casey. Uh, he's, he's not a good putter, but I don't think his putting is mental. I think he just sucks at reading putts. 
So that's there's a difference. Hey, I just want you to know he's gaining strokes around and on the greens and uh, of of all of his events in the 2021 calendar year so far. Okay, We've turned so it around. Hasn't okay, finished outside well, of the top ten yet. I I like I like Paul Casey. I think it's I think um not I'm not quite rubber stamping it that that's who I'm going to go in this in this quadrant, but I'm pretty close. My but, my picks my picks for to come out of each group: Dustin Johnson. Mark Leishman. Let's do like a top four. Top four in this quadrant. Okay, so so uh, give me Mark or top four overall. It doesn't matter which group they come from. Doesn't matter what group. No. Okay, give me Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia, Dustin Johnson, and Taylor Gooch. So you had Casey, DJ, Gooch, and Sergio. Are you, are you factoring in price, or is that just straight up? Uh, price, and also I, I think all these guys are playing well, uh, and and I think their game kind of fits match play. Okay, price. The thing with I, I'm gonna have DJ like a lot lower here, just because I do think his cost is prohibitive. Because there's not these, the I don't know, the mid range is just a little more weird. Well, I guess I guess I, if we're if we're I mean for a DraftKings lineup, like I'm not playing DJ. I'm fading because right. it's price. But if you're just asking me who the four guys are that I think have the best chance to come out of this and go to the final four from this quadrant, those are the four guys. Okay. And then, well, all right, well, then give me four. Give, all right, so that's your four four to win. And then give me your four that you would most, you're most likely to, uh, if you, give me your four. That oh, I want to like put an, in owner, an, owner, an ownership, yeah. yeah. Like you say, like, this is the four, the four most popular guys I would have in a in my group of guys that I'm gonna have. Nah, Casey, Gooch, Sergio. Nah, nah replaces Dustin Johnson. Okay. See, I mean I I, I think you have to have Sungjae here in, in, in there somewhere. Um like I mean I think I would probably go I think I think I'm with you with Casey one though. I don't have a problem with that. And I think I would probably have Casey being my highest owned as well, mm-hmm. but I th- but I think I would have M in there on both on both situations here. But like to me, it's like Casey, DJ. I like Hatton as well as like just as a person who is likely to come out. I'm not. I don't. I don't think I, he wouldn't be in my ownership guys. But I mean. He is a very good golfer, and he's very competitive. I could see, like, I don't know. I could see him doing some things. But I, I, I do have concerns about his driving on this particular course. Because also, this course, this, this tournament wasn't always held at this course. Since 2016, so, yeah. Yes, right. So anything before then isn't, uh, isn't the same. And then, um, but I like Casey number one for the, my percent owned guys. Man, this one's tough though. I think Gooch, although I, I do have concerns about his popularity. Um, you like Kevin Na, so just some. You just think there's someone that'll come out again on DJ, and that'll be the guy. I, yeah, I think DJ's gonna shoot a weird round. And he's probably gonna like half one, lose one because he shoots a bad round and win one, and somebody else is gonna win too. Like that's my that's my thought. Okay. Man, so I was thinking. I was looking at Adam Long. Adam Long has the fifth worst strokes gained 
since uh, January, uh, January one out of everyone in this field. Yeah, Adam so, Long's been bad. He's a, he's a, he's the free win for everybody except for maybe Robert McIntyre in this group. Robert McIntyre has the third worst. Yeah, he's bad too. So, so that's a, so so maybe Kevin Na maybe one. I mean, Kevin Na maybe the guy to own here because basically you're just saying he's just got to beat DJ in that head to head, or DJ has to have a bad round against one of those two. Hmm. Hmm. I I don't know. I think I'm gonna go Na Casey. Uh, God, I can't do Sergio though. Leishman's is the same problem though. Le- uh, I'll do Na, Casey, M, and Gooch. This is, I I'm really enjoying this because I actually think this is the easiest quadrant to pick, and you're stewing over it this hard already. I can only imagine what we're gonna have to what we're gonna have to do to uh, convince you of anything in the other quadrants. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I like. In some ways, it's kind of it's kind of I think it may be easier because the golfers are better. But uh, but I but I but I hear what you're saying. All right, so on to the next quadrant. Um, we'll start with Group Five uh, that has Bryson at ten nine, so he's the second most expensive golfer. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood seven eight, Siwoo Kim seven three, and Antoine Rosner at six two. Um, Historically, Tommy Fleetwood hasn't been bad in these types of things. Um, I actually kind of like Fleetwood in this uh, in this range. Um, I think he would be he's my favorite pick of this group. Um, uh, but I do think Bryson uh, obviously has the upside to win, um, and and I think he really has the could have the ability to to, to turn the course on its head um, from what we saw whenever we did the virtual uh, the virtual round. Yeah, I also think Bryson is one of the guys that just like can flip a switch and turn it on, decide he's going to play super aggressive and run somebody down or, you know, kind of put it out of reach. And I feel like uh, more than anybody else in the tournament, he kind of, and given that this is a one-on-one, he has that sort of like, um, holy crap, I got to golf against this guy sort of effect because the way he hits the ball off the tee. Um, so I actually, I, I think, uh, I think Tommy Fleetwood's a fine pivot, but I think Bryson is the guy to take out a group five. I, I, I don't see unless he, you know, just is completely snap looking every drive, but even if he is, he's, he's a better scrambler out of the rough than people give him credit for. Um, I, I don't see how Bryson doesn't come out of this, this group five. I mean, he's certainly playing great. Um, you know, Paul Casey, for instance, is leading, uh, the tour and strokes gain since January. Yeah, one. he is. Um, and then Bryson is fourth. So uh, that's pretty good. Ooh, um, Paul and Casey. Then, mm. And then uh, this group 12 to me is the hardest group, I think. Yeah, for uh, sure. Um, and, and it's uh, Finau at 92, Kokrak 75, Will Z 79, and the South African Dylan Fratelli at 65. Um you know, Fratelli may have some, uh, you know, he went to UT, he may have some, he's played this course probably more than everyone else in this group. Um, I, you know, Will Z's been playing great. Uh, I, I I don't have reason to doubt him. He's like 17th or something since January 1 um, in strokes gained. Uh, 
I mean, Finau, obviously, he's third in strokes gained. I mean, he's absolutely been tearing it up. Uh, and then Kokrak has also not been bad. I I kind of, I kind of, I mean, it's going to be a competitive round, I feel like, in every one of these, because even Fratelli is, is pretty talented. Um, but I, I don't, I think Finau may, I think, I think Finau is the, is the most likely to come out of this. Um, but... Uh, and I like Finau's length off the tee, and, and I think that. But I think all these guys are pretty are long enough off the tee that it's not going to be prohibitive. Um, uh, but I, I I just like the way that Finau's playing. I know that he's cooled off a touch uh, since his crazy what, three straight seconds. Um, but I, I think Finau's the guy in this group. Yeah, I'll, I I think you can play any of Finau, Kokrak, and Will Z here. But I, I think Kokrak's the guy who's going to come out of this group. Uh, three top tens in his, his last three tournaments, and he's made uh, no no less than 17 uh, or 18 combined birdies and eagles in each one of those tournaments, which means he's doing it by scoring a lot. Uh, I, I just think that ever since he won, uh, he's, just been a, he's, he's just been a different golfer. And uh, I, I, I expect him to come out and play well. I think being a guy that makes a bunch of birdies has pretty good length. He's also a really good putter now. Uh, I, I just think this is a format that's going to suit Jason Kokrak. Uh, and I think he's, he's, he's going to yeah. come out and he's going to win this group. Yeah. I think that if you're just going by um, like strokes, uh, like their strokes gained per dollar or whatever over this last like two months, like... Paul Casey, I think, is first, but Kokrak is probably pretty darn near second place. I mean, he's been playing really good golf. Corey Connors might have something to say about that, um, but in terms of value, Kokrak is probably in the top five, but Finau is also probably pretty close to the top five, so it, it's a tough group to pick from. I think it's a group I'm probably... Honestly, I probably will just end up staying away from if I were to, like, in, in my big bracket because I think a lot of different guys can win and I think just trying to um, they're just easier paths to take in my in my opinion yeah that's actually a fair way that I hadn't really thought about it I was just looking at Kokrak like you're gonna have to find some value uh, and and given that his group is tough it might depress his ownership a little bit yep. uh, people love Wilsey people like to play Finau um, so I, I could definitely see it depressing his ownership which would be nice um, but I, I yeah I, I don't know I I guess I finally bought into this Jason Kokrak being good thing, and yeah, for, for seventy five hundred, give him to me. And I think that it, the the winner, like I'm not convinced, like so Bryson is by far and away the best. He might actually have the like in terms of how he's playing and compared to the rest of his group, like might have the biggest advantage. Yep. Because um, um, Fleetwood, I'm merely going off of his track record and these types of things more than how his play is. I mean, his play is definitely in the bottom half of this field, and he's probably a little overpriced, to be honest with you. So, um, but with that said, um, you know, Bryson's just so, he can just be so up and down that uh, that it may make it more likely that someone from Group 12 would make it to the, you know, past the Sweet 16. But I, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe the fact that Bryson's there and you know he's going to be there um, means that it's going to make it harder for them. It just kind of it depends. It just depends on how you personally view it. I think that it would personally make it harder for for them to move on if I know that Bryson's going to be standing in their way. 
I'm not scared of Bryson. Okay. That's fine. I, I, I wouldn't he's, be scared of Bryson. Uh, he's too either. weird. He's too weird for me to be scared of him. Okay. That's fair. Um, now, uh, group 13 um, is very top heavy. Uh, we have Victor Hovland at 94, uh, Abe Anser at 77, and then Wiesberger and Strillman at 62 and 63. Um, you know, Wiesberger, I think, is kind of a steal because, you know, his rank in the world golf rankings is, is a lot higher than people think it is. And his price is 6200 as one of the worst guys in the field when he really probably is really in the bottom 20, not the bottom five. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. But Hoffman has been playing unbelievable golf lately, and he, that is tough to ignore. So I'm... Uh, and, and, and the fact that Hovland is just such a good driver of the ball, I don't see how, uh, I don't, I really don't see how he loses this group. I mean, Abe has been playing okay. I went, he's not playing up to that level where he was last year, where he was like contending and, in the U S open and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm more bullish on Hovland here. Um, but, but I think also with that said, that, that makes me like someone like Bird a little bit. Yeah. I- so I, I won't fault you for playing Burn. I don't think he's in great form, but you know that doesn't necessarily matter coming into this as much as it does other tournaments. I think my two favorite guys from this group are Hovland and Answer. Uh, I, I just think Hovland's you know significantly better than everybody in this group, and has been playing pretty solid golf as of late. You know his mom caused him to miss the cut at the players, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I, I, you know, Answer had a two and one record in the group stage of this last last year, uh, and uh, battled with Tiger. Uh, in the President's Cup, you know, I think that's a lasting memory I have um, outside of the, you know, the putt Tiger made where he started to take his hat off as it was going in, which was pretty cool. But, um, you know, I, Answer played him really well and said he wanted Tiger, and I think he feels confidence in this sort of format. So I, I kind of like playing Answer this week, even if his form's not great. I think I think he's a guy that enjoys match play and, and will have a lot of confidence coming into this. Oh, um, I, so, I, so I would, like, I would answer... stick to the top. Answer's like top of the list of guys that probably just loves taking people's money in like non-professional yeah, settings. Sure. Like he just seems like a cold stone killer. So I, I actually like that take a lot, um, quite a bit. And the thing though with Hovland, and I think I, I've, I've been saying a lot of guys who could value, but Hovland at 9,400, like so for instance, shifting down to so Hovland 9,400, Colin Morikawa at 10,4. I mean, Hovland shouldn't be $1,000 cheaper than Morikawa. Yeah, I think some of that comes from the fact that uh, I think Hovland or Morikawa's group uh, in match play format is a little bit weaker. Um, a lot weaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Morikawa had a, a stupid Sunday uh, at at the players, and he also makes a ton of birdies when he gets going. Uh, and and I think you know he, he had a really bad putting tournament at the W or at the um, at Riviera, and he's kind of turned it around at the WGC and the players. Uh, I I mean I think I don't you're right a thousand dollars is probably a little much, but I don't think Morikawa is mispriced as much as I think Hovland is. Um, right, right, exactly. But yeah, I, I think I think Hovland's a great value. Yeah, I think uh, and we'll get to Rory and Rom, but I think Rory, Rom, Morikawa, and Bryson are the four expensive guys that. That you can just kind of pencil in as as I think winning their groups, right? We said five top seeds came out um, last year, and I think if five come out again, you can pencil these four in as four of them. So I, gotcha. I think Morikawa is the play here. I don't I don't think Horschel, Homa, or Poston make enough birdies 
um, to come out and really compete with Morikawa in this format. And if they do happen to beat him, they're not getting past the Sweet 16 if they have to play, uh, you know, answer Hovland as I see it going. So I'm not high on any of those guys. I think if you're going to, if you think this group is a group you want to play with, you're starting the top of your lineups with Morikawa. All right. So my hot take is that Morikawa is my favorite play in this entire thing. Okay. Now, okay. I have a stat for you. So, Paul Casey is second to Morikawa in strokes gained on approach for since January 1st. Okay. At 1.24. Yeah. What do you think Morikawa's strokes gained approach is since January 1st? 1.67. 1.79. Jesus. So the, the I went between, high on purpose. The difference between Morikawa and Casey is the difference between Casey and... Terrell Hatton, who is like 12th. That's good golf. That is good golf. And, you know, we talked about the putting. It's definitely prohibitive. But, and James and I talked a little bit about this off air, but I love the way that he approaches these, uh, his, like, uh, the sudden death with JT. uh, And, I, I don't know. I just love the way Morikawa is playing and has played, and I think he will play. I think his group is pretty weak, although I will say that I think I think I like Homa a little more than Answer. I like Homa a little less because I think Morikawa is better than Hovland, but I like Homa for this course a little more than Answer. I, I do worry about Answer's length off the tee being a little prohibitive on some of these pretty crazy dog legs, and, and Homa's been driving the ball really well lately. Yeah, um, I, I just think Answer's going to have to play a little more strategically off the tee than we do in 2K. Uh, and, and he's, I mean, he's shown that he can attack short-ish par 71s, you know, perfectly well, uh, like mm-hmm. Harbor Town and that sort of stuff. So that that part, I, I, see, I can see it with Answer, but it doesn't bother me as much as I think it bothers you. Fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah. And I guess, and also I'm looking at this, and home is off the tee game is not as strong as I suspected. So, uh, so I'm makes me makes me even feel better about Morikawa. So um, I'm there. I uh, I want um, I want all of the Morikawa. I think that he will be him or or Rom. I think would be the guys that I go with, but we'll get there. Um, so group th- this quadrant I think is the strangest quadrant, um, and that this group. This quadrant is group two, 15, 10, and seven. Group two, we'll start there. Uh, JT is the number two seed, 11, two on DK, second most expensive golfer. And he's paired with Louis Oosthuizen, uh, Kevin Kisner, who we already talked about his prowess and these types of things, and Matt Kuchar. Um, this is a, a weird one. Um, I, 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 I always tend to like Louis O in these types of things. Um, I think he is a touch expensive for, for how he's playing. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, he just, he's been carrying a lot with the putter and around the green, um, for, for my liking, but, um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, 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 do we go back with Kisner or do I just avoid this group? I, I don't know how I feel about this. Honestly, I mean, if you look at the data, I think the reason Louis is expensive is because he is he has outside of maybe Rory the the best match play record uh, in this event out of the rest of these guys. He 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 basically advances out of his group every single time he plays in this event, and that is very impressive. Uh, I think he has one of the more volatile top seeds 
uh, in JT. And I think people are going to maybe gravitate to Kisner because he won last year. So I actually think Louie's going to be a pretty good pivot. Okay. Uh, I like that. I like that and I, and I, 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 I'm not that, I'm just not that high on JT this week. Um, given, given his volatility, uh, I know he can make birdies in bunches, but he also can just kind of screw the pooch and he's playing against, you know, three, in my opinion, steady golfers. You kind of just know what you're going to get from them. They're never too high, too low. And I think that opens him up to a couple of losses in the group stage, but I, I can definitely see JT advancing, but I, I'm just not willing to invest the money into JT's volatility and uh, or JT's volatility and, and DJ's form. So I'm going to avoid the top two expensive guys in the slate. Yeah. Okay. I, I kind of like that. Um, so yeah, I think Louis was pretty interesting and the group 15 to me is the weakest group. Um, Except the winner is going to come from there. Oh God. And uh, but yeah, but right. But it's 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 the weakest top guy. You have Fitzpatrick is the, the top seed, but then you have Jordan Spieth as the bottom seed, and he's the most expensive guy there. And you have Connors and Wolf. Wolf playing terrible, priced at sixty nine hundred appropriately. Uh, Connors, who's been playing great uh, at seven eight hundred, I think he's a pretty pretty. I think he may get lost in the shuffle here. Um, but I think a lot of people are going to like Spieth. It's in Austin. Um, you know, he's probably played this course a few times more than, uh, probably everyone else in this field. Um, but, nine, you know, nine, five and two match play record. Yeah. I mean, it's all good. I mean, would you say Spieth may be a top like five owned guy? I sure hope not, but I can definitely see it happening. People love Spieth and he's played really solid, solid to excellent golf as of late. Um, I, he's, he's, I think I'll go on record. I'll say he's my pick to win the thing. Cause I think it's a format that fits Jordy. Uh, he makes a ton of bogeys and huge numbers generally are the reason he doesn't win tournaments, right? He can just go out and make a seven and shoot himself out of it. Uh, and he compounds mistakes. We talk about that all the time. doesn't matter if but you that, compound your mistake matter. here. It doesn't matter at all here. And he's been making a crap ton of birdies, uh, recently. And he does it in like what in my opinion would be demoralizing ways for an opponent, right? He like <laughs> That's he's just like he's just like holing out from forty yards in a bunker and like the one spot on a hole you can't miss, and you're like, why am I even teeing it up against this guy, right? Like, uh, and so I I I like Jordy a lot this week. I think you're right. I think he has uh, the weakest top seed uh, in Matthew Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's record in match play is, is similar to Webb Simpson's four and eight for Fitzpatrick. Uh, and JT seven eight and one in match play, so I, I I actually like Jordy quite a bit this this uh, this week. I think he's going to come out of this and and be in the elite eight. Uh, and I I like his matchup in the elite eight because I think group ten and seven is pretty pretty weak in my opinion. Okay, so ten, I mean, to me ten seems pretty strong. Um, you have Cantlay at nine eight, who's been playing great. Um, Last tournament wasn't so great, but he's been playing mostly great golf. Uh, Hideki certainly has pedigree. Uh, Carlos Ortiz has won within the last year, and Brian Harmon um, has been playing really good the last like three tournaments. So, um, I, why why do you think Group Ten is is? I mean, I think like the winner of Group Ten is going to be like a very a very formidable golfer. Pa- uh, Brian Harmon's actually my favorite play out of these guys for his price and I think his form. Um, 
I, I don't I don't like Hideki much recently. I know he's got pedigree, but uh, I don't I don't see the way Hideki's playing, uh, allowing him to make enough birdies to win this. Uh, I think Ortiz has just not been playing great golf as of late. I know he's won in the last year, uh, but I don't know. I, I I just don't see this being his his format. Uh, his first time playing in this, I believe, uh, for Ortiz, and so I think he's going to have some 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 learning uh to do some growing pains uh and I, I i don't know i just don't see brian Harmon coming out of this and boat racing everybody even though i think he might end up winning his group uh Canley, Canley's play at, at um at the players just kind of concerned me a little bit it was all over the place like nothing looked good i know overall for the season he's been solid but but that the play at the players was was very concerning to me Fair enough. Uh, that is uh, all, all pretty reasonable, in my opinion. Um, well, yeah. I, concerning, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Cantlay would actually be a pretty good one-on-one golfer. Um, and, and I feel that way because, uh, similar to Spieth, can't lay it's like he's at when he's out of position he's always back in position or like so speed's like kind of a little bit different sort of way but i feel like can't lay can always make up for his mistakes and i feel like that's always super fresh like whenever i'm watching him i'm always like super frustrated i'm like god he's like always in the freaking rough and then he's always 15 feet from the hole like how the hell is that possible They're, they are the antithesis of each other they are but 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 it's like the same but it provides the same sort of emotion and so that's yeah why, that's but, fair that's why I don't like, I like, like, I just don't like Cantley for that reason, because it just pisses me off whenever I, like, root against them, and then when I play him, it never does well, so it's just like, you know, whatever, but that's, but I, I, I do like the Harmon play, Ortiz is interesting to me, because it's in Texas, uh, you know, he went to UNT, um, I like his length off the tee, for sure, it wouldn't surprise me if he made some noise, I don't know if he could win this, uh, this group, but, but I think he's interesting, nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree. I think this group is interesting. I just think that Jordy's going to win it. And so everybody else... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I just Yeah, I just don't see as much coming from this group. And I think experience and match play helps a lot. And I don't know what his experience is. All right, so moving on to the next group. Uh, we have... Uh, now, I know you're going to absolutely just hate this. And I apologize in advance. But... Who would be like the one person that you would just know just loves taking people's money at no Patrick to, Reed. To, to no cost to no ends? And, and he and he one hundred percent cheats every time he does it. Hey, I'm just saying I don't think Patrick Reed is a bad player because he just like I mean he's competitive um, and he has a game that that travels to many different courses. I think his, he, he can do a lot of different things. I, I, I do worry about his driving ability, um, but but I just think his, his is interesting. The only downside to, to Reed, though, is I think perhaps he has the second most competitive group out of everyone here. Neiman yeah, is a great sure. play. Bazin Hoot's been playing really well lately. Um, and Bubba won this thing like what two years ago? Two years ago, so yeah. or two tournaments ago, three years ago. So, three years um, ago. so yeah, I'm 
I'm I'll, that would be the only downside with Reed, um, and, and probably would make me want to stay away from him. But I think it's potential. Like if you said Patrick Reed won this thing, I would just laugh and be like, "Yeah, that that makes perfect sense." I mean, he probably has the most famous um, match play uh, round of all time, right? Him and Rory in the Ryder Cup when they went back and forth, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was pretty wild. And he obviously is, has proved himself to be a great match play guy. Like honestly, if we could get that in the Final Four, that would be sick. That would be that you would guaranteed be guaranteed me. If you guarantee me we got that rematch in the Final Four, I'd root for Patrick Reed to get to the Final Four. <laughs> Seriously, because, I mean, that was just phenomenal to watch. It was great entertainment. And they're, and they're, and they're, uh, and yeah. they're entertaining guys, and he's in, in, you know, he's mm-hmm. kind of a showsman. Of... Uh, Patrick, Patrick Reed honestly has a couple of cool matchups. He could also uh, match up with Xander Schauffele, who he had a talk with after the Farmers Insurance Open to have an understanding of things, remember, and... and uh, Lanto Griffin was also pretty critical of him after that tournament too. So there were there there are quite a few spicy Patty Reed matchups. We could honestly get Patty Reed versus Spieth in the Elite Eight. And, you know they had their falling out during the uh, during the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. And then Patty Reed versus a multitude of guys <laughs> in that group below him. Actually, you're talking me into it just for the entertainment value. If I'm being a hundred percent honest with you, I'm not going to play him, but I'm kind of rooting for it at this point. Patty Reed, everyone's least favorite golfer. Um... But yeah, I, I mean, Bubba Watson's a fine play. His game hasn't been in, in great shape recently, obviously. But, you know, here, Bubba is Bubba. He's creative, uh, which I think uh, bodes well here. You know, I, I think Neiman hasn't played great of late, but he's still making cuts. Um, and, you know, obviously he's shown his potential for really high finishes at the Tournament of Champions at the Sony Open, which he probably should have won both of those tournaments. So I think those two guys are great plays. I think Bazayden Holt is also a fine play. I, I think I'd rather play any of the other three guys before him. Um, but, yeah, I, I was actually surprised because I saw Patrick Reed's name and I expected him to have a better record. He's 9-7-2 and two career in this. Uh, so never really, like, you know, threatened to win it, obviously. Uh, but I, I, I kind of like Patty Reed this week as well. Uh, I don't know that I'll play him, but I think he's a, a great play if you decide to go in that direction. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Reed also is that a lot of his damage is done with the putter. Um, he's gaining 1.21 strokes per round with the putter, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's booing his, uh, what, like, sixth or seventh uh, strokes gain total since January 1. So um, yep. that that is a bit concerning to me. Um, yeah, uh Let's let's back up and go a little more global here in the for this uh, top right quadrant here groups two five ten and seven. Uh, who'd be your who's like your four most likely to come out of it, and who'd be your four best most uh, owned plays uh, for for DFS? Four most likely to come out of here for me are Jordan Spieth, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, Patrick Reed, and. I guess I guess Corey Connors. I actually now that I'm I'm taking it in, in this direction, it's either Corey Connors or Justin Thomas for number four. The four guys I'll have the most ownership stake in are, are Ustazen, Spieth, Harmon, and uh, I don't know. I think those might be the only three guys I'm actually really uh, particularly interested in, in owning out of this out of this group. To be completely honest with you, because I'd rather spend up other places. So I don't really want the expensive guys. Uh, I can't actually play Patrick Reed. I don't have it in me anymore. Uh, I'll just hate root from afar for if it's going to be a Rory Final Four matchup. 
And I guess if I had to pick somebody, I'll pick Neiman as my fourth guy there. Gotcha. I think um, I think the most likely guys to come out would be Spieth, uh, Cantlay, Thomas, and then Reed. But then for my ownership, I think I would go with Spieth or Connors. I just, I just, I think one of those guys is going to have a really good shot, because um, Wolf and Fitzpatrick are just, they're just no good, and so I, I like having one of them too. Um, and then Sweet Swing and Louis O, and and then my fourth guy, I, I, I'm talking myself into Carlos Ortiz. So Carlos Ortiz has, well, first of all, do you know Speed has gained 1.21 strokes on approach and since January one? Yeah, he's been he's been insane with his irons. So that's but that's what happens when you hole out three times the tournament from the fairway. Fair point. I'll 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 take it in stride. Um, Carlos Ortiz has been playing some pretty under the radar good golf. He's probably he's like in the upper half of strokes gained in this field. Um, his approach play hasn't been good, but he has been very good off the tee, and he is doing great around the green and putting. So I I, I kind of like that. Um, He's, he's gaining as many strokes as Bezayden Hote uh, and Lanto Griffin, um, who we'll talk about in a minute. Slightly less than Neiman, Sung J.M., and Justin Thomas. So, I will, the, so I'm not trying to talk you out of Carlos Ortiz. I understand all the merits of playing him. Watching him down the, the, to, the, to the finish line of the Farmer Insurance, because he was on camera a lot because he was... He was he had a decent shot at winning the tournament. When he blew up, he blew up. And it was like six, seven straight bad holes where he was making bogey, bogey, bogey. And, you know, as much as we talk about bogeys don't matter, if you make them in bunches, they do matter. Because you can blow a three-shot lead super quickly. Um, and that that actually concerns me a little bit with Ortiz. He's just he's just not like a, a, a steady player. He concerns me for the same reason... Thomas and DJ concern me this week, which I guess is high praise, but you know, to, for for my concern to be the same concern for Justin Thomas and, and Dustin Johnson. But I I don't know. There's there's just something about it. I hope he does well since you're. It sounds like you're planning on playing him, but I, I just have concerns. Fair enough. Um, all right, let's get to our last quadrant, and then what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll choose a final four, and we'll then we'll get y'all out of here. Um, uh, so group six is in my opinion, by far the most competitive group. And because of that, I will probably end up staying away from it, right. despite the fact that I, I do like one of the guys here. Uh, but this is Xander at 10, uh, Scotty Shuffler at 7-9, Jason Day at 8-4, and Andy Sullivan at 6. Andy Sullivan is, I think, is the worst golfer in, in this uh, field. Um, but Day, Scheffler, and Shoffley are obviously all very good. Um, any of those guys could win, and it wouldn't surprise me, uh, win this group, and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I like Scheffler, I think, the best in terms of, I think he's just the best value, but I just, I just, this group is just too competitive and it makes me just not want to choose any of them. Yeah. I, I, you know, Xander's obviously been in poor form his last couple of tournaments, which, uh, you know, is, is reason to look into Scotty Scheffler and Jason Day, but man, to pick one of those two guys, you know, Jason Day was terrible with the putter at the players, as you sent me about 5 million texts about. Um, yeah, but he was first so, in strokes gained to green, so right? Uh, he was phenomenal everywhere else in the game. And if you had told me going in that tournament 
that Jason Day was going to lead the field, strokes gain, tee to green, I would have put, I would have bet my bank account on him. I'd have bet the entire savings <laughs> on it. All right, like he's just not going to do that very many more times. And I think that's been a trend. Jason Day's tee to green game has been very, very good as of late. Um, so I, I really want to play Jason Day, but I also really want to play Scotty Scheffler. And Xander can get it going at any time, so this group scares me. It's definitely going to be the group I'm most excited to watch. Yes. Because uh, I think it's going to be insanely competitive. Yep. I'm right there with you. I think it, I definitely think it is um, going to be the group to watch, and I hope that, uh, I don't know how they're going to like divvy up the camera time, but I mean, the fact that we're going to get Xander versus Scotty, Day versus Scotty, Day versus Xander, and you know all the days like that is that's just money that's a blast <laughs> that's awesome so i i'm definitely super excited about that um and but you know one thing with them is that even uh, that you can take solace in i think is that even if you, one of those guys doesn't win uh the group like you still ought to get a free win in andy sullivan and one of them could absolutely destroy sullivan and maybe make up some of their money there yeah, that's, that's definitely an opportunity there. So, um, and with that said, we'll go on to group 11, uh, who would play group 6. Uh, that would include Rory, Cam Smith, Lanto, and Ian Poulter. We have, you know, Rory, obviously, we understand that what he's been going through, um, I, I, I have my concerns about him. And I think, honestly, I, I kind of feel that the winner of group 6 is going to move on here. Um They'll, they'll certainly be the most battle tested, <laughs> um, but I I, yeah. I I do think that that may be one reason to go with someone. Another reason to go with someone from Group Six, if you you just got just have to choose the right person. Um, but uh, I I do like Rory's chances to get out of here. If I was going to go with the second person, uh, I mean I love Lanto right here, right sixty nine hundred. We know the rule. Lanto is under seven. Lanto has been playing really good golf. Uh, in terms of value uh, on the board here, I mean he's he's right there uh, at, at least how, how I see it in terms of top marks on value and his and he's been doing it on the strength of a 0.73 strokes gained per approach since January one. So um, I, I I like Lanto quite a bit here. I think that would be my favorite person of this group. Yeah, I mean my 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 guy here is Rory. I think we're finally getting in re- a reasonable price range for Rory at ten two, and I think he'd be even cheaper this week if it wasn't you know match play. Obviously, I mean the guy's just got a, a, an outstanding record. He's lifetime in this event sixteen six and two. We obviously know he won it. Uh, he, he tends to be uh, in in the final you know four groupings basically um, in this event. Uh, I, I like I the only guy I really don't like here is Cam Smith. Uh, I, I just don't know that match play really suits his his play style. Although he's been playing decent as of late, uh, but I'm not that high on Cam Smith. Lanto's been playing really solid golf. He's cheap. Ian Poulter has a seven and four career record in this event, uh, and and I don't know he, he always shows up in Ryder Cups. Makes sense yeah. uh, in match play and that sort of thing. It, it just it just makes sense as a play to me to play Ian Poulter. Uh, and if you're looking for some value, you might want to go there. But I, I think, um, you know, I, I just think Rory's the play here. Oh. And I haven't said that in like three weeks. So <laughs> um, that's fair. Um, uh, I, I, I think you're gonna have to. I guess like Lanto is like kind of like one of my favorite buy down guys. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but I, I I don't hate the Rory play. The thing with Rory, I think you're teetering on. I like his ability to get to the to the Sweet Sixteen, 
you know, I, I think he has one of the highest percent chances to get out of his group, but I just don't know how I feel about him moving past it because I think group six is super strong. And then we'll talk about uh, my love for John Rahm below that. I think he's going to be, <laughs> he would be the guy I would have in the final four of this. So you're almost paying, like, I just don't know if 10 is worth paying just to know that you're going to have a guy in the Sweet 16. It's kind of my thing with Roy. But, and I'm yeah, toggling yeah, that, that in my that's head. That's fair. And, and also, like, you know, you want to pick your expensive guy as the guy to get to the final four. So if you're going to pick Rom, you can't pick Rory. Yeah, for sure. I, I 100% agree you can't play both those guys. And, uh, and I think I probably like Rom better than Rory this week, too. And then group 14 is by far the worst group of, of the entire uh, slate here. And, and to me, it is a circle it on the board. Like, you have to have someone from this group as a cheap guy. And whether that's English Todd or Van Royen, like, you need to pick one of those guys and make him a staple of your lineup because they're always going to have a chance to win and they're just super cheap. And so even if they don't get out, you're not losing too much sleep here. Um, I've been struggling, though, about where to go with it. Van Royen's been pretty bad. Uh, for the most part, he did show some signs <laughs> the last weekend of, of doing some stuff. That might be kind. Huh? That might be kind. Yeah. Um, Brendan Todd's been half decent, at least. Uh, you worry about his off-the-tee game, and he's been booing it off the, the strength of a putter. And But, you know, his iron game is, is typically very good, and he's losing .54 strokes per approach, and that, that is scary to me. And so... Um, you know, I, I don't know what to make of that. I, you assume it's, it's going to turn around at some point, um, but I, I'm just not sure. And who's the last guy? Uh, oh, uh, English. Harris English. Now, Harris English... Or, 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 have we decided what we're doing Harris English? Harris English is fourth worst strokes gained, uh, you know, in the field here over the last two months. Um, he's been basically losing strokes across the board. It's like his game has completely left him since winning. Um, I don't quite know what to make of it. What, what do we What do we do with Harris English here? I think Harris English is the only play in this group. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, you know, and we're this is nothing against Daniel Berger as a golfer from us. He's one and eight in this event, right? In match play, he it's awful, awful record. And we're assuming. I mean, I also think this is a different Daniel Berger, right? Probably than has played in this event before. But I can't trust that record unless, like, if if Daniel Berger is under five percent ownership, then give me that. Um, but if he's any 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 sort of close to chalk, I don't think you can play him. Uh, but if Berger is chalk, you know, Brendan Todd zero and three and out in his one trip here this year. Eric Van Royen's been bad. I know Harris English has been bad, but in his one trip to this event, he went 2-1 in the group stage, didn't advance, but I think 2-1 is probably good enough to get you out of here. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, in, in this particular group. And, like, Harris English is going to find his game. And, again, this is a guy, the reason Harris English has finished so bad recently, he's made, like, 8s and 9s. Yeah. 8s and 9s are just one lost hole this week. Right. I'm okay with taking that risk. Okay. You're talking me into Harris English. I kind of like it. But we'll see what ownership is. Personally, I mean, I just I think ownership is going to play a big role in how I determine things. I mean, normally it does for me, but I think it may even play a bigger role because you just the opportunities for leverage in these types of in this events, like when you know people are going to be matching up against each other, is just so huge. I think that may go underestimated uh, as we you know are building our lineups. 
I definitely agree with that. I, I do. I mean, my question to you is, do you want to own anybody in Group 14, given that you think Rom is a lock for the Final Four? Like, I mean, you're, you're now just taking away the amount of rounds you could potentially get if you play a guy in that group. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I was leaning towards, like, Tottenham or Van Rooy, because if they're, like, your cheapest guy and you, and you think they have a chance to get out, like, I don't... There's very few cheap guys that I think have a chance to get out of their, their tournament. I mean, I, I would think that... Okay. I mean... Okay. If you go on like percentage wise of who can win this win their group, one of those guys has to be like and like the highest per dollar amount, right? You would think, just because right. everyone else is so bad or playing or uh-huh. playing so badly. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. But Berger may come out and just smoke them. He could. I, he certainly could. His record doesn't indicate that that's going to happen in a match play event. But he, I mean, he definitely could just. Well, like mean, you said, he's, he's a lot better guys. now than than he was. You know, two years ago, and three, three yeah. years ago, so on and so forth. Um, and then the final group we have Rom, ten seven, the three seed uh, with Palmer, Lowry, and Munoz. Um, you know, Palmer doesn't have good track record, and neither does Lowry. Munoz would be of interest, I think, if I was not so high on Rom. But if you were just looking for someone cheap, um, and and I think Munoz is interesting to me. Because I like his ability off the tee. Um, I, I like the fact that he um, that he went to a school in Texas. I also like the fact that if he wins his, the group somehow, that I like his matchup against whoever he plays in group 14. So yeah. um, so I think that is kind of interesting to me. Like I think for, for a guy that's 6,100 to have a favorable matchup to get to the Elite Eight... That um, that's piques my interest. I think Rom's going to boat race all three of these guys. Agreed, though. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be close. But yeah, for the sake of conversation, Munoz would be my second play here. Uh, Ryan Palmer's only played once in this event, one and two record. Uh, and he's kind of fallen off since his early in the year. Really good play late last year. Really good play. He's just not, he's not been the same golfer the past couple tournaments. Uh, and, and Shane Lowry has a horrendous record. I think it's like two, seven and three or something like that in this event, which is, <laughs> that's bad. That's real bad. Uh, that's like Daniel Berger bad. And so I, I just don't see any reason to play those two guys. So it's, it's Rom or Munoz. And, and I think Rom is the play because I, I, I think Rom is a, is an elite eight lock. I don't know if I think he's a final four lock, uh, given the quality of, you know, Xander, Scotty, Day and Rory. Um, but I, I do think he's absolutely. And, and I think, I, and I think talk. what's interesting, and I think what's interesting about that, about you saying that, is I think he's the only one that's an elite eight lock. Like DJ is going against would potentially go against Sung Jay. That's a tougher matchup than what than what Ram is going to have, and that would really be the only one that's close because Paul Casey versus Hatton, or Paul Casey versus Sergio, or Webb versus one of those guys, or whatever, whoever comes out of that group. Like that's still pretty close. You know that's they're comparable golfers, or Bryson is going to be matched the, up against Finau or whatever. That's comparable. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right there. I think the other guy in this format that I think is the closest to an elite eight lock is your other favorite expensive play, Colin Morikawa. 
And that's who I have in the finals. But so. let me tell you how bad I didn't even. I you know I we we had kind of talked about it, but I didn't. It didn't dawn on me. I need Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa. Oh yeah, it's a fun I matchup. I want to watch that so yeah. bad. Oh yeah, I I mean there's a ton of great matchups. That would definitely be one of the uh, the top to root for. I mean we could have JT versus Spieth in in the Sweet Sixteen. I like that. Um, we can have uh, you know. I mean, there's there's a tons tons of great uh, tons of great matchups. I mean, Xander Rory or Dave Rory. Uh, you know, we can have Rom and Rory. Uh, I mean, there, th- this tournament is it, you know, if things break right, it just could be an absolute blast, and I am I'm pretty excited for it. All right, so we'll 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 get out of here on this. Uh, give me your final four. Yep. We already know two of them, obviously, yep. and your finals. Yes. Uh, but give me your final four, and then your your finals is more Kyle and Rom, yeah. and then give us your winner, and I'll do the same. We'll get out of here. Okay, know. so uh, the other two guys that I think I'm going to go with here are Paul Casey uh, for the the first quadrant, uh, the top left quadrant, and top right quadrant. Um, I think I'm going to go with someone pretty similar. Uh, like I like his style is uh, Corey Connors. Okay. And then I and then I and, I oh, and then that. I have more Kyle winning. Okay, more Kyle wins. Okay, uh, I, I, I'm going to take Paul Casey as well uh, to come out of there. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jason Kokrak. Oh God! And the uh, and the bo- bottom left quadrant. He's got, go... he's got he's got a uh, little Chicago uh, reaching the uh, final four. <laughs> I mean, I didn't fill out a bracket, but I don't want to say I told you so. But I would have picked Loyola Chicago. Or oral, you know. Um, <laughs> I, it's wild. Like, I don't want to talk in CLA basketball right now, but those those teams have kids that can play. Absolutely, yeah, the um, gap the gap in, in the talent level between the big schools and the small schools is ever decreasing. Closing, closing very very quickly every year. It's awesome. Uh, although I still think Gonzaga's going to boat race everybody, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, Jordan Spieth, top right quadrant, mm. um, and. I want to say Scotty Shuffler, uh, but I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. No, you know, screw it. Scotty Shuffler, bottom right quadrant. Uh, I'm gonna go with Spieth versus Jason Kokrak in the finals. <laughs> Jesus, kill me! <laughs> Just to kill you. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Jordan Spieth. We I said Jordan Spieth was gonna win this year. We both did. It's, he's been coming really close for a really long time. I think this is the week that he gets the job done and comes back to supremacy in the golf world. And everybody in golf Twitter has a collective orgasm, and hopefully we just get it all out of the way, and uh, it happens. So uh, two things. First, I want, uh, before we go, I also kind of want. I think one other kind of like fun thing to talk about would be like you, you just sparked it in my head. Would be like what would be like your favorite matchup that you would want to see that's possible out of all these groups, mm-hmm. um, and then. I just kind of also want to mention that it, it saddens me that uh, that Matthew Wolf has been playing so terrible and like has completely lost himself because I think he would be absolutely amazing in this. This format. yeah, it feels it feels like he would like. Be. Could you like could you imagine the swag off between Spieth and Wolf? That would have been uh, yeah, so much fun. That would have been pretty fun to yeah. watch. Um, but I mean, all right, who's your favorite matchup, oh, man? What, what's your what's your dream matchup? Any anywhere in the yeah? Tournament? I'm looking. I'm looking right now. Um, there are there are so many good ones. Um, 
There are so many good ones. Honestly, I think I think you talked me into the Spieth versus Patty Reed. I think that would be that absolutely must see TV because people love Spieth and people love to hate Patty Reed. And I, I don't know what would get more eyes on a television than that. I don't think you'd have enough cameras on the course to keep track of their <laughs> golf balls because they sprayed them <laughs> off the tee uh, around Austin Country Club. But yeah, that, 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 that would, would be, be the other thing. One. Not only the entertainment between the players, but also the entertainment of how they play the game. Yeah, so I, I, I have two matchups that I, I now really, really would love to see. Uh, one, and this is from a purely, like, uh, I'm in love with both these golfers' standpoint. I want to see Colin Morcall and Victor Hovland. Yeah, that, that would be uh, my number two. Battle it out. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, I want to see them in final groups for the rest of their careers, you know, in majors and stuff. And I, I, I think that's going to be awesome to watch if it happens. And I do think it's going to happen. Uh, I, and then my other one in the final four, I, I want Rory and Reed. Mm. I, w- I would love to watch Another that game. matchup. Um, I think I think that's going to be a blast. You know it would be a fun final? Uh, just for the, the contrast in styles to be like uh, Kevin Kisner versus Bryson. <laughs> that actually would be wildly entertaining. It, oh, yeah. It would be, it, I mean, just complete opposites of each other. But, uh, but you know, yeah. the more we talk about this tournament, um, I, I don't know if they had more of these types of tournaments that I would be, like, as excited about it. But, I, like, I'm, like, really pumped for this. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think match play is really cool. I actually think it's a way a lot of amateur golfers should play golf starting out, so you don't have to be like, oh, I made a quadruple bogey. Like, somebody just won or lost a hole, and you move right. on. I think it... And so, I, you know, I, I just really like the format, uh, and I like you know, like skins format, that sort of stuff, too. So I, I'm, I'm very excited for this. I'm going to be definitely glued to the television for, for four days, because uh, I think there are a lot of awesome matchups, and, and really, really looking forward to it. Thanks for tuning into the In the Back podcast. If you want to interact with the show, you can find us on Twitter at In the Backcast, Slaughter at Slaughter, and myself at James Paul Four. You can also leave comments, rate, subscribe. Whatever you'd like, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us there. Good luck to all of you this week, and we hope you'll tune in again next week to make sure you have the right clubs and the bag. Thanks again. Stay safe.